Hey sis, this is Lorraine Renee, your motivational blog queen here with your Pink Tea Chronicles Season 2, Episode 8. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, first and foremost, you know I'm going to ask you guys to reshare this episode on your social media. Share it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It doesn't really matter. Just give it a reshare. Support the blog. Support the podcast. Support your girl. All right. So um, this is a good one. This is the second official tea party that I'm having. And if you guys are unfamiliar with my tea parties, you know that this is just me having a one-on-one session with a female that I felt like was really really dope was really cool to talk to and I just want to give you guys something different kind of give you guys something you know I know you guys like to hear my voice I know you guys like to hear me just run my mouth but every now and then (laughs) I want to put someone else on with me and so who I have with me um on the show today is Mercedes Naomi Hey, sis. Hey, sis. So thank you for, um, I just want to thank you for blessing the podcast. Thank you for doing this episode with me. Um, when I, I want to, I want to kind of tell everybody kind of my direction for why I wanted to do this particular topic. So as they can see by the title, this is, we're talking about single motherhood and we are basically, I want to crush the stereotypes. And so before we get into all of that, this is, as you know, this is the tea party. Okay. So I have one rule for the tea party, one rule only. What is that? That is that you must be sipping some tea. And by tea, I mean wine. So, <laughs> you got to have no. something. <laughs> you got to have um, some wine or something. Okay, may I ask for an exception to policy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a little vodka. It's a little vodka and orange juice. Well, that suffice. Oh, that'll that, work. okay. So, that, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Oh, thank that, you. It's, it, my, it's my cheat meal. Okay. <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So, all right, y'all. So, Mercedes is, and I want to give you guys just a little bit of our history. Now, Mercedes and I actually, we went to high school together, but we actually formed our friendship well after high school, like years later. And she and I have really had a chance to just kind of see, um, kind of follow along the journey that we both had to experience as single mothers and we've had many of conversations um venting and just good conversations bad laughter cry all that good stuff we've done all of that and so when I had to think about who I wanted to do this topic with and have a really like organic conversation with there was no one else that came to mind I knew hands down I wanted to do this conversation with you and so I I know all about I I know your your history your track record I know the stats but I want you to be able to tell everybody just a little bit about you what you have going on all the good stuff I want you to toot your own horn you have permission to toot that horn tell everybody everything you have going on what you what you've done thus far oh god um where to, where to start? Um, first of all, you better have thought of me to do this. I don't know why it took so long to get me on the show anyway. Yeah. That is my moment of shame. <laughs> like, I mean, but you knew this was coming. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You're not surprised. Nope. Um, okay, so what do I have going on? All right. Uh, um, so I am 19 years vested with the federal government. 
preteens. Um, I run, I founded and run um, a, a successful nonprofit organization called the Good News Community Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, we just opened the chapter um, in Columbia, South Carolina. So, you know, we're slowly but surely picking up some initiatives there. Mm-hmm. Um which is challenging because, you know, that's home for me, but I live here. So, it, you know, it's, it's, how can I explain this? It's like we, it's a, like, I realize I'm being, you know, uh, developed and prone to, for growth right now. Because mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I'm dealing with was trying to balance and manage, you know, all things that I want. Uh, rather be goals or you know love interests or just how uh, you know a healthy household um i truly see the transformation and the elevation and um it's a it's a very uncomfortable position mm. so i have the nonprofit going and then i also have a consulting company called mercedes naomi um in which my whole federal career is um you know, based around um, equal employment opportunity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, and like I said, I'm 19 years vested, so I don't really want to be that federal employee with 30 or 40 years in, you know, not really living to their potential mm-hmm. because, you know, they realize, like, I realize, like, I love doing this. It got me to where I'm at. Right. But my purpose is this over here. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not going to... Um, you know, dim my light and not walk in my purpose mm. and not be, you know, happy. And so I'm like really trying to prepare myself to transition so that I have my 20 years because that's retirement. But then, like after the 20 years, okay, um, I have some money coming in from my consulting company, you know, and I'm also able to manage and grow my nonprofit. So right. that's just, you know, I, I always tell anyone I, I mentor or develop, like you have to be a strategist. You have to have like at least three or four, you know, um, objectives or goals. Um, identified for for your future but yeah so that's what I have going on okay and tell us a little bit about your uh confessions of a career mom because you I know that you've now I think the event that you had here that I went to was that a confessions of a career mom was that one of those or was that something different right and that was that was amazing you guys that was really fun she had us like bringing out alter egos and all kind of stuff all kind of stuff so tell us a little bit uh about that like the background behind that like what your vision is for that all right so let me grab my let me take a sip and get my my (laughs) tissue I'm pretty good I don't tear up anymore so um when I, my divorce came towards, I think my kids may have been like two or three. So pretty much I've, I've been a single mom the majority of their life, but I did not enter motherhood as a single mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, you know, we know how our husbands, we know what we're married to. Right. So I was never surprised by, you know, the stuff that happened. But, you know, I stayed long enough to know that, okay, I can't do this anymore and it has to end. Nevertheless, I gave up my military career to be his wife and the mother of his children. And now that was, like, taken from me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I didn't really have the time or the opportunity to heal and figure out, like, how am I going to get through this? It was like one day it was there and the next day it was gone. What am I going to do? How am I going to get milk in the house? And so I just remember that being the lowest moment in my life. Like I had some thoughts. I felt 
so horrible, so lonely. I couldn't look in my kids' eyes and and see like the light at the end of the tunnel. I just didn't want to look in my kids' eyes. And you know, um, as since we're being transparent, like I remember in Augusta, uh, my my play mom Rose, she had my kids. Uh, the first year, you know, we separated, um, and I'm glad she did. Uh, but I just remember feeling alone and lonely, two different things. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to get through it. And I, I remember one time, like, I had some thoughts and I tried to do something. And this lady was like, sweetie, you're not the first and you're not the last. Mm-hmm. What you're going to do is fix your face, mm-hmm. especially in front of these kids. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna figure it out, you know, Um nothing happened by you know coincidence like god didn't just send you these kids just because you know uh and my background is i couldn't have kids i was declared infertile and sterile like i wasn't having babies and now i have these two and so you know she gave me that reality check that i needed you know and it was at that moment that i was like why did why haven't i tried to you know surround myself with other women up until now and you know like we go through my marriage my my ex-husband liked me by himself you know, I'm sorry by myself mm-hmm. you know like without my family without my friends just him um and so I lost who I was I lost my identity I lost my support system and we all need a support system you know that's like okay hey yeah you're mom but hey you're Sadie sometimes so is life sometimes it's not you know like you need yeah. that support system exactly to breathe that life into you and I didn't have it so that's when I got the weakest and that's when I let ridiculous thoughts you know slip into my head and it was just horrible so I once I got on my feet and I had a a backbone and I had a support system that you know really encouraged me to get from A to Z you know I was just like never again will I allow as long as I have air in my body um a breath in my body never will I allow another female to feel like she's got to go through something alone so I created confessions of a career mom so that um a group of women from various walks of life you know those in transition those established those still you know our students our young girls just in general like let's share some best practices you're not alone, sis. I'm here with you. Yeah. Cry. Let mm-hmm. it out. Watch your, let me let me wipe your makeup. You know, your mascara's running. But at the end, you know, all right, so how, where are we going from here? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to yeah. get in front of this? You know, and so it's just really a support system. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people are like, oh, I can't come to the Confessions of a Career Mom because I'm not a mom. Yes, you can. The very first one I did in Virginia, we had a couple college students. And when I'm they started crying before we did. <laughs> um, you know, and it was just like, you never know what a woman or what a person is carrying and going through until mm-hmm. you ask. So I make it my business, like, just on a random day, I give compliments to women. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay, are you wearing it? You wearing those shoes? Yes, you know, and, and that just does. You would be surprised at what a compliment from a stranger, the power that that holds. And so... You know, uh, the confessions of a career mom, like, I learned, like, we have college kids who don't know who they are, and, you know, who, black girls who have always been pushed in schools with white, you know, white kids and have no idea what their culture is or their identity is, 
you know, and no idea who they are and how to be themselves and how to introduce who they really are internally to their families. And I was exposed to that at the Confessions of a Career Mom. So I wasn't going to change the name because it just, I like the way it flows. But, you know, it's open to everybody. And so yeah. we just talk, we put stuff out there. I have games, I have exercises um, because I'm a facilitator in my federal career. So I naturally love to do anything that's like educational, but it has to have like a twist of fun because you remember stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, I feel like, I, I like that you said that because you, you mentioned that it's, it's, you got females from all over, from different walks of life, and we all go through different things and we have these different experiences. But I think that one thing that we have in common is that the, the female emotion is like, we can't, we go through the same type of emotions, regardless of if we went through two different things. It's like, we have that to kind of connect us and, to, and, and to, to bond with each other. And so I really think that that's amazing that you are putting that together. And like I said, I've, I've gone to one of them when she had one here and it was really it was a really really intimate session but it was just it was good it was good for the soul it's something that that needs to be done and something that you should definitely try to you know try to make it to um in any type of any type of setting like that that just has women collectively coming together to support each other you guys you definitely need to try to be a part of something like that so that's that's really good yeah so all right so now let's kind of get into some um some personal stuff not too personal but kind of a little bit um so is mercedes is is mercedes single is mercedes taken is mercedes was Mercedes or does Mercedes plead the fifth? <laughs> we'll just drink it. <laughs> the drink is good. I'll yeah, I'll drink to good. that. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay. <clears throat> I can I can take I can take that hint. So um <laughs> So what? Do, okay, so let's 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 move right along. What does Mercedes like to do to unwind? What what would your me time look like for you? What's your ideal me time when no one else is involved, no kids, no work, none of that? What do you like to do to unwind? Um. Well, I love the gym. So one, I'm an empath. So I'm. It comes off that, like, I'm an extrovert, but I like to consider myself, like, an extrovert and introvert. Mm-hmm. So, if I get me time and there's nothing on my calendar, I don't have to be anywhere or be around people. Um, naturally, my safe haven is to go in my room and close the door, mm-hmm. which I have to work on because, you know, you got to keep that balance. I am a mother of two kids, so I have to be available. The room has to be open. Not yeah. all the time, you know, but I can get... I, I'm, I have solitude mm-hmm. and I have my, it's like peace in my room and the door must be shut. So that's a part of my me time. But yeah, in I'm right there with you. That, absolutely. In addition to that, like I'm always at the gym. Um, I used to do bodybuilding and competing um, and I'm coming interested in doing it, you know, again, because that's something that's just for me. It's not the nonprofit, not the business, not the kids. But like when I'm at the gym, um, you know, 
I've learned that once you open a nonprofit and you get that visibility, you can't really respond to things the way you normally mm-hmm. would. You mm-hmm. can't really, can't truly be you. Um, so the gym allows me to get that damn frustration out. Yeah. So I'm always at the gym. It's, it's penciled in on my calendar. I don't miss it for anyone. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see. Me time consists of being in my room, laid out across my bed. Yeah, I was gonna say I know you like to travel. I, I know, I know, I know, I know that for a fact. So that's good. And I know you have this thing because I, I, I remember you you posting about this, and you have this thing where you encourage women to kind of take a trip alone. So yeah. what was that experience like for you? Because where did you go when you when you took that trip? I, I'm there. I think you were. Was it a cruise? I know you were it around some water somewhere. Yes, uh, the very first trip by myself, I went on a seven-day cruise with Carnival Cruise Line, mm-hmm. um, and it was like, I, I think it was Western Caribbean, um, and it was like Cozumel, um, the, I'll give it to you in order, we went to Ocho Rios, mm-hmm. um, where else did we go, Ocho Rios, Cayman Islands, and Cozumel, Mexico. Wow. I believe that's the Western Caribbean. Um, and I remember I, it was a treat to myself because my divorce was clocked and signed. Um, and I didn't really have time to celebrate it because um, I, I was in an internship and, you know, I had to move my kids to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, things were going well. I had a boss from hell. But, you know, like, I'm like, okay, I'm. I have my groove, like, I'm figuring out how to do this, like, how to be mommy, two kids, household, all of this is all on me, by myself, there's no male head of household, so, like, all of that I had to jump into and quickly learn how to do, all of that fear and scared, you know, uh, scared feelings had to disappear, so I, I didn't really get to acknowledge or celebrate my divorce being finalized and caught by a judge, so one day, I'm a very impulsive person. Um, I just was like, you know what? I am going on a cruise. And I had just started making, like, good money then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, you know, it was still new. I had to pay stuff off from when I had got out to the military. Right. Mom. So I was like, you know, talking to them, like, well, I can't afford to pay this all at once. They was like, oh, no, girl, you can make payments as long as it's paid off 30 days before your trip. And I did it, you know, and I was like, okay, um, I'm not going to tell anyone. So I made sure I put in my request, you know, to get the the days off for Mm -hmm. my job. Mm -hmm. And I remember our administrative assistant, um, Lois, she was a retired first sergeant, so she was much older than me. She was so proud of me. And she was like, go see the world. Don't let fear hold you back. You know, you, you deserve to see sunsets in various, you know, places. You deserve to be happy. Go do this. And I was like, oh, my God, I needed that. Because I did have that feeling, oh, my God, I'm going to these places by myself. You know, we're from the South. We don't do this. Yeah. (laughs) Because the minute I told my my mom and my grandmother, boom, here they come. Oh, no, you're going to get kidnapped.
clothes. I was out there tootsie rolling, mm. doing the electric slide. Mm. It wasn't a lot of, I noticed that whenever I travel, it's never a lot of black people. Um, and I know black people travel, but I'm like, so I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not going to the spots we go to. But Carnival was really awesome at, um, you know, for the din- for the formal dinner, it was a, a table full of ladies. And mm-hmm. So you had two sisters, um, you had a mother and daughter, another lady by herself, and you had me by myself. And at the table behind us, it was like families. But I remember it was one lady with two. two she was she was white. Her husband was white. Her kids were Asian. Um, she was so fascinated at our table. Like by the second or third night, she was eating dinner with us. You know, and and you know, we ended up just talking, and she started venting, so we understood why. But um, I remember of the two sisters, one lady. Um, you know, we started sharing our story. Um, she had just recently gotten married, or maybe been married five or six months, and was thinking about divorcing her husband. Um, and she was like so inspired by the fact that I traveled by myself. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna let not having anybody go with me stop me. Um, because you know, later on she revealed that she was supposed to be on that cruise with her husband. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to go. He was a widower. Like they got married really fast after he lost his previous wife. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not about to open my mouth. I'm just here to listen. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember. They saw me walking when we were in the Cayman Islands. They saw me walking to the Seven Mile Beach, and it wasn't by choice. Um, my girl, I was—I still had other people, no names, on my bank accounts, um, and I had no money. I think when we ported into Cayman Islands, but I had a paycheck coming like a day later, so I was like, "All I got to do is get to this paycheck." But I had no money. I couldn't grab any money off the ATM. Wow. Um, the trip was paid for, so all the food and all that stuff, and all I had bought my excursions in advance, and it was like uh, horseback riding in the ocean and ATV in the jungle and stuff, so I was good, but I couldn't pay to take a cab or get on the bus with them, but that walk to the Seven Mile Beach was so liberating. Mm. I was in the town, I was like, first of all, you can buy a three-bedroom condo in the Caymans for dirt cheap, you know, like, I got to see stuff that yeah. I would have missed, and then I got to Seven Mile Beach by myself. Uh, I remember putting my stuff down. You know, sometimes you got to walk with that look like I slept the shit out of somebody. Mm-hmm. Don't touch my stuff when mm-hmm. I get this water. Yep. You know, um, and I, I strongly suggest everybody get one of those I'll slap the shit out of you look. Because <laughs> it works. You know, like, you know who to try. Like, yep. This person's smiling and super happy and looking totally oblivious to what's going on versus this person who's like, I see you. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember putting my stuff down and I had like my Nikon camera and stuff like that. And I got in the water and it was just so beautiful. But it, I had all of these emotions because I was like, oh shit, I hadn't even cried or spent any minute, you know, any time thinking about the fact of, of you know, the, the death that I just, you know, grieved. Yeah. The death of my marriage. Like I gave this man my life. Mm-hmm. I gave up my military career. I carried life for him. You know, like, I love this man. Despite, all, like I said, we know our husbands. Despite all of that, I loved him. And that was taken from me and just gone. Yeah. And I remember I broke down crying, just like boo the ugliest of ugly cries. 
Girl, I went under that water, and it was just something, like, you know how you hear your inner voice, and it was just like, leave all these tears and mm. all of this pain mm. right here. So I stayed in, wow. under that water as long as I could, and when I came up, Wow. It was like, all right, game time. <laughs> I feel that, sis. Like, I feel that right now. <laughs> I was like, it's game time. And you know what? When I came back, that's when I was like, you know what? My boss is a bitch. I run, you know, like, I'm doing this job. No, this is when I came back with that. Some people might say it's cocky, and that's fine. I can care less. It's it's a it's, it's a matter of confidence. Mm-hmm. You got to know your marketability and your you got to know your worth. I came back from that cruise knowing, you know what? You guys need me. Mm-hmm. I'm a breath of fresh air. I have ideas. I think outside the box. You may think millennials are lazy and this, this, that, and the other, but you know what? We are the future. Mm-hmm. So once y'all retire, get the hell out of the way. You know, like you know, we can get this going, or mm-hmm. we can do a nice smooth transition. So when I came back, it was just like a totally different me at work. You know, I wasn't like stressing or or you know fearful. It was just like no. What can you offer me to make me stay? And West Virginia wasn't able to offer me what Nebraska was offering me. My internship in West Virginia was supposed to be two years. It wasn't quite two years because Nebraska jumped on it. And then and I moved to Nebraska to, to be the first African-American EEO manager uh, for the state, for our, our agency. And I covered uh, Western, and I covered some of uh, Western Iowa. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I, I don't think I was. I think I may have just been in my thirties or just mm. trickling into my thirties. Um. So yeah, that trip was just life changing. And ironically, I keep in touch with all the ladies at the table. Yeah, that's amazing, and that that's so inspirational. And I tell you what, I, I mean, I know you know I've kind of heard bits and pieces about this trip before but I but I'm telling you this and I'm going to take a trip completely by myself and I never had really to be honest because all of that that hype like that your grandma and your mom was saying oh you're gonna get kidnapped like that that would be me that would be my thinking like that would be my worst fear to go somewhere and then and never make it back but after hearing you talk about that just so passionately about the experience and just hearing you now like it, you can tell that it was an experience that is just it's ingrained it's something that you're never gonna forget and it it was it was very meaningful for you and I and I just think that we should definitely all try to experience something like that not with the bay not with the kids just at least one time in life experience something like that just by yourself I, yes. I, I think that's good so okay so how now how long have you been divorced well you you said how long? No, what year is this? What oh, is this? <laughs> this is 2019. Yeah. Uh, I want to say that was 2000. Girl, don't give me the. I keep the divorce papers in my nice. <laughs> you know, just in case somebody needs a copy. <laughs> A long time. Yeah, it has to be six or seven years ago. Okay, okay. And so since then, 
um, you've been doing the whole single mother thing, um, and you have a boy and you have a girl. So you you get you got the best, you got the best of both worlds. So what what do you think um when it comes to raising a boy and and it comes to raising a girl, what do you think are like what's what's the biggest difference or what's the the hardest part in between the two as far as raising a boy, raising a girl? <laughs> um yeah. Okay. Uh this is tough cuz I was raised by well, my grandparents had me, and then my mom also had us. And my mm-hmm. mom was a single mom, mm-hmm. and she had boys, and it, it looked so effortlessly. You know, like she mm-hmm. did it effortlessly, like with the boys. However, my younger brother did have his father or access to his father, and we always had my grandfather. So I learned later on, you know, or recently, it was it's not quite the same. You know, when you are a single mom and you have a support system with yeah. you know male influencers versus being a single mom by your damn self. Yeah. Um. So the difference is. Really, I can't say there's a difference because they both try you. They try your patience. They try your spirituality. They try, you know, I'm not a killer, but don't push me. They try all of that. I will have to say that my daughter, I'll say she tries me more than my son does. That whole stereotype, the generalization that, you know, boys are mom, you know, closer mm-hmm. to their mom. Mm-hmm. That is true. But at the same time, I can see where, hmm, he needs to be next to or under a, a positive male influence yeah. now before I, I damn chin check, chin check. <laughs> I see it. That's the I truth. Totally see it. That's the truth. My daughter is like, okay, sis. <laughs> all right i see you i'm gonna let you slide because i know you know you got a little premium that's going on i'm gonna let you slide yeah watch the damn tone. yeah they both try you but yeah. I, for for the longest like when my son was like two three four and stuff i was you know i used to hear my male co-workers say well you know at some point he gonna need to go live with his dad and I was like but you should need you know like my mom didn't have to send my brothers to stay with their dads and blah 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 but I see it I totally see it like I've actually called my younger brother and was like hey I need you to talk to your your nephew yeah yeah they will yeah. take you there. And, and I have a 16-year-old, and so I, they definitely, they definitely take you there. They, they, they really do. It, it's, I don't believe in that. It's easier, none of that stuff. No, I think a teen is a teen. And they, mm-hmm. like you said, they both, they both know how to get under your skin. So, yeah, um, I, I'm right there with you. So, what do you, um, I guess I want to say, like, what do you think when it comes to, um single motherhood what what do you think is the best part of that like what do you what do you what do you think it's the best part I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start off I'll just say like for me the best part of of being a single mother I think and it and it might seem kind of prideful but when I know that it's just me doing something when I know that I've taken care of something and and it's because of me 
I, I'm proud of that. You know, when I, when I, um, you know, when Christmas comes or birthdays or whatever it is, and I know that I have to take care of everything by myself. And I know that that smile on my kid's face is because of me. And, and that's all me. Or, you know, I get, you know, when teachers write me or call me and, and they, you know, they boast about my son all the time, how respectful he is and just how, you know, he's so kind and he's always helping his peers and all of that. Like that, you know, you, you've raised him really well that is is for me I think probably the best part of being a single mom because it's like I know I did that thank you you know like you know that's kind of how I feel about it so what do you think is like the just the best part your greatest joy in being a single mother yeah I know that's a hard question I know it's kind of hard okay so um I like to reference I'm, I'm big into visual aspects, so mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I was staying the night. We went to Columbia, and we stayed the night at my friend April's house. And I snored, and I had fell asleep in her bed, and she kicked me out because <laughs> I snored so loud. And the next day, I was speaking at my um, alma mater, uh, St. Andrews Middle School. Um, it was like an all-day thing, so she had my kids with her son. And they were like, she was talking about me snoring. And she was so proud at my kids saying, well, yeah, I just know she works really hard. Mm. And when she snores, she's just tired because she works so hard for us. You know, you have a good life. She was like, you have some good kids. You know, like, and hearing that and and then her facial Mm. expression. And then I can imagine how my kids look saying it. That is the moment. Like, yeah. realize that you're aware of what I go through. Exactly. Um, for me, yes, I'm mommy. I am sovereign over this land that I own, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But for me, it's easier if we do this as a team. So, like, I need y'all to know that I can't just wake up and snap my fingers and your field trip money appears and yeah. your track money appears. You need to see where this comes from. So whether people agree with it or not, and I don't think like I'm taking away from their childhood, like they sit down at my desk in my office and we go over bills. Mm. My daughter tracks the dollar amount that I spend on groceries every month. Like I need them to know, like, no, it's just us. But I need you to see like what I do. And this is why sometimes I have to miss donuts with dad. Yeah. And um uh, what was it? Uh muffins with mom. Yeah. I, I can't always make that because I have to go out and make sure I can pay our, our mortgage right. and I can pay for your traveling track team and your instruments and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I remember the first time I missed muffins with mom, my daughter, it's, your, it's the little girls that lay it on you. Like, my son doesn't want to stress me or make me feel bad, so he won't say that. But it's the little girls that will, that really hurt, you know, when you let them down. It really hurt, and, and they don't, they don't hold it back you know they don't hold back how they feel which i don't want her to but i'll never forget like i cried i had to go i had to go back to work and i remember like my boss um, this is a different boss she was like you know from now on when you get that calendar for school go ahead and take that day off i don't care what's going on be there you know at least at the next one be there for her because i felt like trash after she got done with me and she was a little girl just you know telling me how she felt um 
But it's like, I need y'all to see, like, mommy can't always come to muffins with mommy like the rest of the mommies right. who don't work. I have to work. You know, they have the daddy who pays all the bills. Right. And that's probably why they're fat and, you know, sloppy looking, but nevertheless. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if I can be petty, I'm going to be petty. But, like, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a housewife anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I have to go to work, guys. So now that I work from home most of the time, I'm there at their, you know, their stuff. But I, I will never forget missing that first muffins for mommy. And that was that hurt my daughter. But the, what hurt my son was that donuts with dad. He wanted his damn daddy to come. Yeah. And, like, earlier today, like I, like I was telling you, like, I had to call their dad to bid. Um, and I remember when I first called him, I was like, hey, are you busy? He was like, yeah. And I'm like, but give a shit like how we mm-hmm. call you about your kids yeah you know, so i just started talking um and i'm sorry for cursing no you know, no no this I, this is the tea party you are free okay. to speak your mind and your heart sis but i just you know i was just like you know okay cool all right so he's like i'll hit you back and my whole mood shifted like i was angry but then now i'm resentful and i'm hurt because i can't think of the last time that i was in a position where i could actually say i'm busy regarding my kids i don't think i've ever been in a position where i can say that i don't think i've ever been in a position where i can say oh i gotta work I can't, you know, I can't come to your school and talk to your, your annoying-ass teacher. I can't do that. I always have to deal with my boss. Like, you're not, you know, like, I want it sometimes to be like, you know, your job is not the only job that requires you, but because you have children, they understand you can't be there all the time. Yeah. Um, but, like, my ex-husband is so dedicated and committed to his career, his kids come, you know, fall on the back burner when it comes to that and I just told him today because he actually called back and I was like you know what before I even tell you what I was initially calling you for I'm I feel so resentful and maybe I'm a little jealous because you have the you have such a good mother of your children that you know you can say you're busy and that you have to work and you know your kids are in good care I don't have that option and I was like and I'm so resentful because the way I feel right now I wish I could be like I'm busy Mm -hmm. what do you want yeah yeah so and and he he received it he received it yeah and and that kind of I guess that kind of can lead me into the next question because when it comes when it comes to co-parenting like what do you what do you find to be the heart and, and you may have kind of just answered that like what what do you think would be or 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 actually let me just ask this let me say what would be your best advice for dealing with like handling the co-parenting what, what would be your best advice to give someone um going into that so i can only give from my experience right from my experience with co-parenting, you can't expect anything. Because mm-hmm. when we got the divorce, from my um, mind you, um, I didn't. We didn't have kids right away in our marriage. Like it was just us for years, and then we had kids. You know, mm-hmm. so you don't think that you're married to a person who would literally turn their back to their kids. Like my ex-husband is a great provider, um, but that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, yeah. 
And I have this discussion with my other friends who are single moms all the time, and all the time. And this is why I said, you know, like, yes, I'm a single mom, but I didn't embark on motherhood as a single mom. There is a difference. This shit was like shell shock to me. Whereas some of my friends who went into motherhood as single mothers, they were like, I don't understand. Like, why is this so hard? And I was just like, no, you don't understand. I'm used to having someone in the house to be like, okay, I got it. Even though he was a shitty husband, he would be like, okay, I got it. Or I will do this. Or I got that. So I didn't think the, the, the whole plate wasn't like just weighing down on my shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it took me, one, it took me a minute to get used to that. I would say and advise anyone, just don't have expectations. You mm. need to just focus on what you can control and yeah. you are able to do. So for me, because um, I, I was that baby mother, no, I was that ex-wife that was like, okay, let me call Marcus and keep him abreast of what's going on and this and that. And then I noticed, like, okay, dude, like, I'm sending you all the school information. You're not keeping in touch with the teachers. I'm sending you pictures that I'm paying for. Yeah. I had to, you know, like, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm calling you, asking you to help and do this, and I'm getting nothing. And I'm hurting myself because of these expectations that I have of you thinking you're going to be a good dad. So, like, I had to really just, like, in my head, okay, he's dead. He is dead. I don't wish that on him because that's the father of my children, the only children I will ever have. But at the same time, in order for me to figure out my, my, my groove and my balance, he couldn't be in the picture anymore. Because me calling him and all, that was a disruption to my, my life. Yeah. So, like, I would just suggest no expectations whatsoever. Um, however, uh, if you have, like, a court-ordered agreement, um, have a little money saved up <laughs> to, retain, <laughs> to retain an attorney to make sure we have compliance. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's always a good thing because, you know, um, it, it you can't if it's just the greater good of being a father to the children you know doesn't provoke you to be a dad that good old judge for whatever state (laughs) document will do that um and i hate really involving external parties but sometimes you just have to do it but going back to you know what worked for me when I realized that it was just me that I, all my kids have, um, that's when I was like, all right, okay, I need, I need a system and I need a flow that works for me. Exactly. And that, that was going to be like my next question. So how do you, how do you find that balance between, you know, like raising your kids and being a mom and then being this, this like, this career woman that's that's kind of you know on her shit you got it together you got a lot going on and you have you know so many things just in the works so how do you find like that balance between those two it's hard um i remember one of his mistresses emailed him and asked him like to describe me and in one word he described me as hard working so whenever i hear someone describe me as hard working naturally that triggers me Mm. but it's, it's still a, a, a badge of honor because I am hardworking. I'm mm-hmm. a Capricorn. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm business minded. Yeah. So like, it's a like this is a this is an enterprise. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I am the CEO. <laughs> Y'all are my employees, my kids. Mm-hmm. This is what we need 
to make sure that we stay open and we're fully functioning. I need y'all to wake up and do this. I need school and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You have to get it in order. For me, because I am business-minded, it was so easy kind of taking, running my household and making it like this is business. Um, Now, I'm mommy all day long when it comes to my kids, but the actual structure, I run it like a business. Everything is planned. Like, I remember in Augusta, you know, I didn't have, like, a, you know, a, 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 I had a career, but it wasn't like, I didn't have any accountability or responsibility. I just came to work and was support. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, as, you know, time went on and I became the head of household, it was just like, okay, good. I can't put y'all in every activity just because I want pictures and it's cute. Like, I I do think if you have young children, you should expose them to everything so you can see what they like and what they don't like Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Just the culture. But as a business, okay, (laughs) let's, let's take a look at this. I knew I wanted my kids to know how to play an instrument just from you know it being an enhancement for mathematics and you know that's a source of income in the future if ever they wanted to play for a church or play whatever everything I do is calculated to think about how it could affect them for the future and I know that that could push some people away especially some men but that's how that's how it worked for me so I was able to say okay um on these days you have instruments you have like piano and I think okay so Delaney does piano Marcus does guitar I made sure their their lessons were on the same day Marcus mm-hmm. can run so he does track Delaney wants to do volleyball but she was too young so she's just now at the age where she can do volleyball so until then she wanted to dance so you know like looking at like the availability of the classes everybody's things had to be on the same day because mm-hmm. I needed my I, I I couldn't be that mom that was like stretched so thin right. that I had no day of the week for myself. Right. So like everything was just just strategy was a strategy. Everything was like a planned um, you know, action. Like, okay, so at four you have this, at five you have this, and then we're done until Wednesday or whatever. So for me, you know, just running just making it as a you know, as efficient and effective from a business standpoint worked for me. Now, I understand, like, some people are like, oh, but it's your family, it's your house. That's what works for me. And I like business. But, you know, when I was told I couldn't have kids, in my head, I was like, I'm about to be, you know, a businesswoman. I'm going to have an enterprise with all of these different businesses under me. And that part never died. Even when I did have kids, it was like, okay, I'm going to be a businesswoman. I'm going to be a wife mom slash businesswoman. We're going to make this work. And I read this book called The Legs Are Last to Go by the late and beautiful great Diane Carroll. And she talks about how if you have both, one will suffer. Um, And so a couple of my female senior bosses disagreed with her, but that's because they were in a position and married and they were able to raise their kids through like middle school and high school and then start their career. Mm. Um, So it was a significant difference. However, I see the truth to that. One will suffer. If you're doing extremely well in your career, something in your household and your family life is going to be a slight, is going to be slightly off. And so Mm. I see that. Mm. Mm. Okay. 
And so I think like if okay, so what is something that just I guess okay, let me let me see how I want to ask this question. Um just as a as a businesswoman and as a, a mother um, what is it that you think you've had to sacrifice the most when you just think about just both sides of it? What do you think that you've had to sacrifice? Everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel so that. The, I've, I've had to sacrifice everything. Um, okay. So in the federal sector, just like, even if it was private sector, um, it's all about establishing relationships and relationships are established during happy hour on the golf course or, um, you know, mostly outside of work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I do what I can and I go to the events that I can, but, but I don't have that available time on the weekends or after work to dedicate to establishing those relationships. Like maybe a a woman who has a husband who can watch the kids or someone who's single, you know? So I probably could have been an SES, a senior executive, um, someone from the senior executive service years ago (laughs) if I was able to play the game. Mm-hmm. And I was on the path to doing that when I came to D.C. And I remember the second year here, I, I got picked up to be an executive women in government. It's called EWIG. That's the acronym. And, you know, I'm looking at the calendar and I was like, oh, snap. Uh, one of the most important meetings was May 19th. That's my son's birthday. And my friend was like, oh, don't worry about it. Go ahead and go to the meeting. We got it. And I remember during the meeting, um, she sent me a picture. She had bought him, like, a little cake from Wegmans. And I couldn't bring you because I was like, I'm not going to see my son until 9 o'clock tonight. And it's his birthday. His birthday is not the next day. Celebrating it for the weekend is not the same. You know what I'm saying? As for a little boy, I missed his birthday. I didn't see my son from the time I sent him to school until 9 o'clock at night um, for Ewig, you know, and it was just like uh, I appreciated the, you know, uh, what I experienced that day in the program, but was it worth missing my son's birthday at that age? Absolutely not. Just like another time before then, when I was in at Fort Gordon, um, and I was working on my master's, and I found a loophole around getting my master's done a little bit earlier so you know you can transfer a lot of credits for your graduate for undergrad but you can't transfer with so many credits for graduate so for me I was like all right I'm taking um accounting and statistics I'm taking in Atlanta Mm -hmm. with another school face-to-face and then I'm going to transfer that to my school so for the statistics class it was like at Troy University on the weekend it was two weekends for two months I think and uh, some of my friends from church had my kids. And if you notice, like, whenever I say who has my kids, you never hear me say family has my kids. It's always someone that I had to build a relationship with yeah. and form my own support system mm. to watch my kids. But um, I was big into church, um, like, in, in establishing a relationship with God in Augusta. And I'll never forget sitting in that 
um, class, I got a picture of my son walking up to the altar and he gave his life to Christ. I know where I'm, I'm in Atlanta and mm-hmm. he's in Augusta doing, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it's just like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. I I'm missing these life moments, yeah. you know, and so what, what? Now, that master's degree that I got, it does help us significantly because okay. I'm in a position to pay for it. Like his track starts right. just like went to track, you know, that's three hundred and ten dollars. Wow, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. You know, so the master's degree it helps out now, but like, will he understand that? You know, he's gonna remember that at church he was with mommy's friends and not mommy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a you sacrifice a lot and you just have to be thick skinned mm-hmm. and you have to know what your plan is. What is it that you want? For me and, and I'm reading this book called um The Seed of the Soul and it's like you have, have to know book. what your intentions are and you have to align your personality with your soul. Oh my god, it's it's just like I'm talking about transforming. Wow. But for me, you know, like what is it that you want? I want to be happy, healthy, and I want to give my children a good life. Yeah. I want to be a supportive and loving mother. I cannot do that always being at every one of their events. So, like, um, last year, I attended T.D. Jake's Woman Dollar I Lose conference in Dallas. And <clears throat> if the message that rang, you know, clear to me didn't come from him. It was from... The, uh, uh, I don't know where her position is, but I want to say she's with the Dallas Mavericks and she does their diversity and inclusion, black female. Um, on her, she's on her game. And so she was like, she never misses the first event of anything with her kids. Mm-hmm. That is her. She was like, she had a big, um, a major meeting with the Dallas uh, Mavericks and some other people, but it was the same day and same time as her son's first swimming meet. And she was like, well, I told y'all I wasn't available. And so she went to her son's swimming. So I was like, okay, I see what she, you have to draw the line in the sand. So for her, it was the first event. For me, it's the major competitions, you know, yeah. um, it's, I make sure I get my kids to practice. I make sure, you know, they get training. They got tutors and stuff like that. But yeah. for major stuff, I'm there. Yeah. And, I, and, and I let my boss know up front. So um, it come, you, you got to be prepared to sacrifice. You got to be prepared. You must have thick skin. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt to miss muffins with mommy. Yeah. But you know what? Your rent is due. Your mortgage is due. Um you got to pay for lunch yeah. and breakfast for your kids. So you have to, you have to identify your priorities, yeah. but it will hurt. This is not going to be an easy task. Yeah. But I, and I also think though, that, that kids that have to go through that, like that, that that's a part of, of how they grow up. I think they have a greater appreciation for that. And just like, like how you said, um, that one of the kids mentioned, you know, the story you told us about you falling asleep and just what she said. Was that Delaney that said that, that made the comment about you having to work hard? Marcus led, Marcus led the conversation and then Delaney, you know, confirmed like, yes, she does. Yeah. So, so I think that they, they, I think that it builds just kind of a greater appreciation for that. And they'll get it when they get older. They may not unnecessarily understand everything now, but I think, you know, as they get older, they'll definitely, you know, kind of, kind of see and, 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 and understand it a little bit better. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
But okay, so what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a very quick break and we're gonna, I wanna talk about dating with you a little bit. I wanna, I wanna get into that a little bit with you. So we're going to, I'm gonna cut this one and we're going to get into that. And um, I just wanna get your thoughts on a few things as far as dating goes. Okay. Okay.